0: Let's go ahead and jump right in. I want to have you guys discuss a question here related to what we're going to talk about this morning at your tables. Make sure you get to know everyone by your first name. When was the last time you fanned into flame a fire? So we want the pyros to speak first. But there, was there a campfire or something like that? You know, you start, when was the last time you started a real fire? That's what I want to talk about. Go for it. Okay, guys. Hey, let's, let's pray, talk to the Lord. It's, again, it's great to see each and every, I love it. You got the man over here, arm around the girl, I love that picture. That's how it should be. He's just, he just met her this morning. I mean, this is, this is community right here, this is what I love, you know, I mean, you feel like, don't feel like I'm embarrassing you, I just do that to everyone. Let's pray, you guys. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing us together this morning. It's good to laugh, just good to meet people, be in fellowship together, and thank you for the precious Word of God. Lord, we pray that you would encourage us this morning, speak to us. Thank you that we could be in a series on being mentored, having a life coach. That's so cool. We just pray, God, that you would uh, meet us, each of us, this morning, and mentor each one, we pray, as your Word goes out in Jesus' name, amen. Welcome. Message number two in our series. What's the series called? Can we say that again like we really know what's going on? What's the series called? Life Coach. Oh, much better. Much better. We're looking at some timeless truths from a trusted mentor. Our trusted mentor is the Apostle Paul. And the book is 2 Timothy. And in that book, In these four chapters, the Apostle Paul, we have all of his mentoring advice to his young mentee, whose name was Timothy. But everything in the book of 2 Timothy is applicable to us, as we uh, learned last Sunday as we introduced the series. There are 15 timeless, mentoring, precious, powerful words of advice that Paul gives us. Last Sunday, we looked at that life coach lesson number one, remember what you have in Christ. And we challenged each of you to take that uh, outline home and place it on a mirror, and this last week, be mentored by the Apostle Paul, and, 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 and hopefully you were reminding yourself daily, remember what you have in Christ. And we gave you that game changer challenge. What would happen if you began each day by remembering what you have in Christ? So it's our prayer and the challenge of this series that you're going to take this week's Outline home as well. Put it in a place and and remember these truths and allow Paul to mentor you throughout this week with what we're going to learn this morning in our Life Coach Lesson number two, which really is summarized, fan into flame the gift of God. This is what Paul is telling you and me this morning. Fan into flame the gift of God. Now let me just have to ask you a question. Have you learned... In your life to fan into flame the gift of God. This is so important for us as Christians. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for many, many years or if you're a brand new Christian, everyone here, Paul would sit you down, he'd say, You need to learn to fan into flame the gift of God. So, what does that mean, and how do we do it? How can we live out this powerful nugget? of mentoring advice that the Apostle Paul is wanting to mentor us with. Let's look at the passage. We're going to study five verses this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 3, we'll read to verse 7. And these are five powerful verses. And you're going to notice as I read this in a second that Paul begins with these very personal and tender comments. And then he, then he moves into this very clear command, the main point of our life coach lesson number two, where he's going to give us a command to fan into flame the gift of God. And then he's going to give us one more verse that really gives us some practical insight on how to live this out. So I want to read these verses, and as we do, I'm going to do some explaining as we go along here. Look, if you would, at verse three. Paul says, now Paul is in prison. He's in a Roman jail cell. He is near death. This is the last letter that he penned before he was beheaded in prison in 67 AD by an emperor named Nero. Verse 3, and he says, I thank God. Now here he is in jail, and, and, and imagine Timothy reading this book, and he's hearing these words, I thank God. No matter where you are in life, you can thank God. Paul says, I thank God whom I serve. He's in jail, but he's still serving God. No matter where you are in life, you can serve God. As my forefathers did. He's saying, You know, Timothy, I come from a long line of servants of the Lord. With a clear conscience, my conscience is clear. And then he says, As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Imagine being Timothy. Hearing that the great Apostle Paul is praying for you night and day while he's in jail. And then Paul says, recalling your tears. Paul in that jail cell is reminiscing about his relationship with Timothy. Most scholars believe that Paul right here is referring to the last time he saw Timothy in Ephesus. And I've given you the verses in Acts chapter 20, verses 36 and 37 where this was probably what Paul was thinking about, where it says he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him, and Timothy was part of that group of Ephesian elders. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. And Paul in jail is thinking about that time when he last saw Timothy, when they embraced when he was saying goodbye, when they were crying. And, you know, saying goodbye to people you love is, is incredibly emotional, especially when you think there may be the possibility you'll never see them again. You ever had that experience? I remember years ago, our son Josh, our eldest son, he was just 12 years old. But Josh has always had this very adventurous spirit, and he, knowing his daddy, was a missionary and I still am today. That's part of what I do and just who I am. Uh, He wanted to serve the Lord as a missionary. He's 12 years old, and so with teen missions, he was going to serve God for three months. And Tracy and I uh, signed him up, and then we brought him to an airport. And I remember this little boy walking away for us down the hallway to get on that plane and Tracy and I are just this 12-year-old boy who was going to be gone for 3 months. They only take you when you're 13, but he was like, "Dad, I can handle it." And and Tracy and I remember looking at each other going, "What are we doing?" And just tears welling up. Now multiply that a hundredfold and think about Paul in jail thinking about Timothy and the tears, I long, then, then Paul said, I long to see you, Timothy, so that I may be filled with joy. He's saying, can you read between the lines, come and visit me, Timothy, in jail before I'm executed. Then he says in verse 5, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, Timmy, th- th- Timothy, the sincere faith with which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. See, Timothy was from three generations. I mean, his grandmother, Lois, his mother, Eunice, they were Jewish believers, but they they had faith in God. And then Paul said, as he's just reminiscing, thinking about Timothy, I'm persuaded, I know this faith lives also in you because Paul led Timothy to faith in Christ. We studied this last Sunday in Lystra on his first missionary journey. Paul's just thinking. He's reflecting on his relationship with Timothy And then he goes into this command that the next uh, mentoring lesson we pass on today He says in verse six, for this reason, (laughs) I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Now here again, the clear command there in verse six Fan into flame the gift of God, Timothy. Now, what does that mean? How do we live it out? And I see in this this scripture three ways to fan into flame the gift of God. And these are powerful truths. The first thing I see is that it requires self-ownership. In other words, fanning into flame the gift of God is an area that necessitates personal responsibility. And notice how Paul reminded Timothy to do this. You see in verse 6, he says, For this reason, I remind you, Timothy. I remind you to fan into flame. Why would Paul need to remind us to do this? Because it's possible to forget we need to fan into flame the gift of God. You can forget it. You can go a week, you can go a month, and you can forget. It's possible to never have heard this command before. And you have no idea that you even should do it. It's also possible to think that this will be automatic. It's also possible to think that others will do this for me. If I come to Home Builders, Pastor Mark, he's just going to fan into flame the gift of God within. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Fanning into flame the gift of God is something that requires self-ownership, personal responsibility. It's something we are all called to have an active, not a passive part in doing. Now at this point, You are asking questions, as you should. And we need to answer a couple questions. First of all, what is the gift of God that Paul's talking about that I need to fan into flame? Well, we have two clues. And the first is at the beginning of verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. For what reason? Well, for the reason that he talks about in verse 5, Timothy's faith. See, the gift of God is a reference, first of all, to Timothy's faith The gift of God that you see which is in you. That's his salvation. Even Ephesians 2.8.9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So first of all, that gift of God is a reference to Timothy's faith, his salvation. But then in verse 6, we get another clue where Timothy or Paul says, for this reason I, I remind you to fan into flame, the gift of God. The gift, that Greek word is charisma. So that is a reference to Timothy's spiritual gift that he received to call out, to to carry out his call as a pastor. Now, you remember, Paul left Timothy in Ephesus to pastor that church. And what was typical then, and even today, is, is the ordination of a pastor into ministry, And you see there, verse 6, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you, this spiritual gift, through the laying on of my hands. The laying on of hands often accompanied the dedication or ordination of a person into the ministry in which God had called them. God never calls someone into ministry without gifting them with the gift or gifts they need to carry out that ministry. And by the way, the same is true with you. You have a spiritual gift for the ministry that God's called you to. Now, in the first century, the original apostles, it appears, they they had certain supernatural abilities we just don't possess today in God's grand scheme of how he works. In in verse 6, again, it says that that Timothy, you know, fanned the flame, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, my hands. Even back in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 14, Paul refers to this also, where he says, do not neglect the gift, the spiritual gift, which was given you through the prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Today, spiritual gifts are given sovereignly by the Holy Spirit to all believers at salvation. And this is taught as normative all through the New Testament. I've given you one example here. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 8 says, Now to each one of us, The manifestation of the Spirit, which is a spiritual gift, is given for the common good. To one there is through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. That's a spiritual gift. Notice, through the Spirit, not through an apostle, are spiritual gifts given. So today, you don't wait for Pastor Mark to lay his hands on you and impart a spiritual gift. No, 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 no. Spiritual gifts come through the Holy Spirit at salvation. My, the point, though, I'm trying to make here right now is the gift, though, that is talked about here when Paul says, fan into the flame the gift of God, it is a reference to Timothy's faith or our faith, but also a reference to the spiritual gift that God gives us to carry out his call in our lives. So the gift of God is a reference to our faith, it's a reference to our spiritual gift, but it's also related to his call in our lives. Second question is this, what does it mean to fan into flame, this gift of God? Well, I think all of us can picture this. Fan into flame, it's, it's one Greek word, anazapero, and it literally means to kindle afresh or keep the flame full, and the NIV translates it fan into flame. And I think we can all envision what it looks like to fan into flame. That's why I asked you, you know, when was the last time you started a fire? You fanned into flame a fire. There was a tradition we had when our kids were younger. And uh, we would just, Tracy would have the weekend off. And before school, we would take the boys, three boys we have in our family, and load them up in our Jeep. And we would head off way up to the Sonora Pass. And we would go past Kennedy Meadows. If you've ever been there, it's absolutely gorgeous. And we would go all the way to the pass. I mean, way to the top, as high as you could get. And we had this spot where we would just camp out as boys and like, be men and be dirty and just spend the weekend. It was awesome. And one year, we created the, huge, the, the biggest campfire you can imagine. It was ginormous. I mean, it burned all night, and then even the next day, it took us like an hour to put that out before we could leave. It was unbelievable. That's the picture, fan into flame through kindling the gift of God. We're called to fan into flame our faith. We're called to fan into flame this gift, this spiritual gift God's given us. And we're called to fan into flame the calling that God's placed on our lives. You know, Charles Haddon Spurgeon was just an amazing preacher one of the greatest preachers, really, of all time. Known as the Prince of, Prince of Preachers. He preached out in Britain, ministered in the middle to the middle to late 1800s. There's a story told about a man that, that stopped attending his church. And he was just... Uh, and, and Spurgeon visited this guy's house. Knocked on the door. And Spurgeon was like the Billy Graham of his day. I mean, he was the celebrity. And the man was shocked that Spurgeon was there at his house, and he didn't know what to say. And He just, do you want to come in? And Spurgeon walked in without saying a word. And the man was like, this is a little awkward. And Spurgeon just walked over to where there was the fireplace, and he picked up a pair of tongs, and he went in and he reached in for one little coal. It was this red burning coal. And he picked it up, and he plucked it, and he put it right on the hearth. And they both stared at the coal as it went from red, hot, to just smoldering and starting to smoke die. And the guy looked at Spurge and he goes, okay, I'll be back in church on Sunday? Watch this. If you neglect the gift of God within by not fanning into flame, your salvation, your gift, your call your spiritual life will begin to smolder. It will begin to smoke out and die. That's what's going on here. This is what Paul is telling Timothy. Timothy, wherever you're at in life, something you need to do is you need to fan into flame the gift of God. And the way it begins is you've got to take ownership of this area. (laughs) No one else is going to do it. Your pastor's not going to do it. You have got to do this. Lest you burn out. Now notice, Timothy, he did not need some new spiritual gift. You do not need some new spiritual gift. You just need to know how to fan into flame what you already have. It's the same thing with you, same thing with me. The first way to fan into flame the gift of God is it takes self-ownership. It takes me saying, I'm going to take responsibility for this area. Now what i like us to do... And believe me, we've got some amazing points still yet to come on this. This is just introduction. But I want you to just identify at your tables. I'm just going to give you a minute. I want you to turn to one person at your table and do the best you can. Can you share the primary spiritual gift you believe God has given to you? Because this is part of what God wants you to fan into flame. Talk about that. Just got a minute. Go for it. Okay, Paul... Our life coach, he sits us down, so to speak, and he's just like through this letter saying, hey, this is so important, Timothy. It's so important to you, to me. You've got to learn to fan and flame the gift of God. And that means it's going to take self-responsibility. You've got to initiate this. That's the first way that we begin to fan and flame the gift of God. Second way to fan and flame the gift of God is this. It requires shunning Not only self-initiation, but shunning. You say, what do you mean shunning? Well, it requires, watch this, shunning fear, shunning timidity, shunning passivity. Now watch this, and then I'll explain it. Fear, timidity, passivity, intimidation, when it seeps into our spiritual lives, is like spraying water on a fire. Notice verse 6. For this reason, I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God. And then look at verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Timothy, you can do this. And you can do this because guess what? God has not given you a spirit of timidity or of fear. And notice the word spirit is not capital S spirit, but it's a lowercase spirit. Spirit. So that is, means it's not a reference to the Holy Spirit, but a reference to this, a spiritual attitude that we can possess or default to. Timidity is the word dahlia. And it literally means cowardice. It means fear or passivity or an intimidation. And like I said, when this is operational, when we start to default to fear and intimidation, it starts to rain in our hearts and our spiritual lives, it could be like spraying water on the gift of God. On our faith, on our gift, spiritual gift, and on our calling. So let me let me let me use Jesus as an example here. Okay? In Mark chapter one, verse thirty-five, it says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Notice something, he's initiating something. And he has no fear. He has no indifference. You know what Jesus is doing right now? He's fanning into flame the gift of God. That's what he's doing. He's fanning into flame the gift of God, his faith, his gifting, and his calling. How? He's reading the Bible, and he's praying. He's throwing kindling on the fire. Now let's apply this to us. The alarm clock goes off. Oh, the pillow. I love this pillow. Oh, just another half hour of sleeping. I just don't. Ah, Passivity is seeping into your soul. Indifference is starting to creep in. Guess what that's going to do? It's like spraying water on the fire of your faith. Spraying water on your spiritual gift. Spraying water... On your call, there are so many applications of this. Maybe for you, uh, your time to read the Bible, your time to fan in the flame, the gift of God is at work. But for you, it's like, man, what are people going to think of me if they see me take out my Bible right now and their fears creeping in? What are people going to say about me if I, you know, I start praying right now? What are they going to talk about me, you know, on their lunch break? Fear, intimidation is seeping into your life. And you know what that's going to do to your faith, your call, your spiritual gift? It's like pouring water on the fire. Proverbs 29.25 says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. You see, a spirit of timidity or fear, again, it's like applying water to a fire. So let me just ask you a question. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this point because I want to get to the main point, which is the third point. But what area of fear or intimidation or indifference is most toxic to your faith, to your spiritual gift, or to your call, is most challenging to you. And you need to say, no more! I'm going to self-initiate this fanning into flame, the gift of God, and I'm going to shun that fear so that this fire within will rage into an an inferno. Because if we're going to fan into flame the gift of God, we're going to have to shun Timidity, fear, passivity, intimidation, and cowardice. God, the Bible says, has not given us a spirit of timidity. That's what he's telling Timothy. Timothy, you can do this because God's not given you a spirit of timidity. How do we fan into flame the gift of God? Three ways. It requires self-ownership, personal responsibility. It requires shunning fear and timidity and cowardice. Third way to fan into flame the gift of God and this is the most practical. We're going to spend the most time here. This is unbelievably life changing. And lastly, it's this it requires stoking. Stoking. The way you grow a fire is by stoking a fire. Everyone knows that. The phrase fan in the flame is, by the way, also a present infinitive in the Greek language. It tells us that this is an act that requires continual, ongoing stoking, feeding. All of us know that a fire must be continually stoked or fueled, or it will die out. So Paul gives us three surefire ways to stoke, to fuel, to feed, the, the, and fan into flame the gift of God within. Now, let me just say this. If you choose to throw these three logs of stoking you know, power, uh, fuel, onto your fire, your spiritual life will absolutely erupt. And it will become something you've never experienced before. Guaranteed it will happen. Paul, your mentor, gives us three guaranteed things that we throw on this fire, and our spiritual life will erupt into an inferno. Now, watch this. All three of these three things are going to challenge your fear. You're going to go, oh, Are you serious? And yet, if you push through that fear and God's not giving you a spirit of timidity or fear, guess what? You will break through. And I need to share with you, some of you have never broken through. And you've yet to experience truly a faith on fire. And this is what Paul's saying to Timothy. Timothy, I'm going to pass on to you the baton of my ministry. And if you're going to Live it out. You have got to fan into flame, constantly fan into the flame the gift of God within, and you do it by these three things. It's kind of like riding a roller coaster. You look at the roller coaster, you go, oh. Your heart starts pounding. And then all of a sudden you get on it, and it's just crazy. And at the end of the ride, you're going, This is awesome. You're going nuts, right? You're saying, Get on that thing, you wimp. That's what you're telling everyone else, you know? It fires you up after the experience, but it's scary looking at it. Guess what? That same principle applies to your spiritual life. That's what the core of this means, to fan into the flame, the gift of God. Number one, this is how you do it. Stoke the fire through the power of witnessing. Look if you would at verse 6 again. Fan the flame, the gift of God. Then he said, look at verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. You know what that spirit of power is there for? Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, the ends of the earth. Watch this, the most natural, but the most scary thing to do with the spirit, with the power that you have within is the witness. If you want to fan into flame the gift of God within, your faith, your gift, your call, watch this. Do not go to lunch today go down to the streets of Castor Valley Boulevard and share the gospel. And you know what's going to come, happen in your faith? Your faith will be lit on fire. You do that, whoo, you're going to have something totally different going on in your spiritual life. God has not given us a spirit of timidity or cowardice but a spirit of power for witnessing. And when we feed that spirit of power by witnessing, we fan into flame the gift of God within. I mean, have you noticed that the people whose faith are on fire are always the people who seem to be sharing their faith with others? And then have you noticed the people whose faith is not on fire, who are just kind of fizzling out? I mean, they look like they've been kind of baptized with pickle juice. These are the people that never talk about Jesus with anyone everywhere. They're Christians that never voice it, and they wonder why there's no fire within. I mean, when you begin to witness and share Jesus with others, you just erupt like the Holy Spirit just lights a a match to gasoline within, and you come alive. This is how you've been created. It's scary to share the gospel But it is the most exciting as well to do so. Not telling people about Jesus is like pouring water on the flame of your faith. Telling people about Jesus is like dumping gasoline on the gift of God within. I mean, your faith, your calling, your spiritual gift will just come alive. Many of you know what I'm talking about. just received a phone call a couple weeks ago from a gal in Home Builders. And her name's Laura. Not sure if Laura's here this morning, but she gave me permission to share this. She's in her car and she's just driving around. She's listening to Christian music and the windows are down. And she po- pulls into this uh, shopping center, and she pulls next to a truck. And she looks at the truck and she can see this truck is full of beer cans and just like and her heart kind of goes out to whoever would own this. And 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 the Spirit said, "No, you just keep that music loud." And all of a sudden, kind of a guy walks in from a store and he walks into the truck and, uh, and, to, to, and opens the door and she says out the, out the window, she says, God bless you. And all of a sudden the guy stopped and he turned and he looked at her and, and he walked over to her window and she turned down the music and he said, did you say God bless you? And she said, yeah, I did. And he starts crying. And he says, I was on my way to kill myself. And she says, sir, Jesus loves you. Come to church with me. And she called me up. She was so fired up on the phone, I could not say, I need to get to other things. <laughs> she was so excited. She said, Mark, God use me because I refuse to turn my volume down. And I said, this is what happens when we raise the volume. There are people that need Jesus. And what this does to our own life, it's like pouring gasoline on our spirit, beloved. You want to know how you've fanned the flame within? You start talking about Jesus to others. And I'll tell you, you, your spiritual life will absolutely erupt. Paul knew this. He's telling it to Timothy. He's passing it on, us on to us. So let's talk about this at our table. There are many of you who have these stories. Can you share about a time when you were spiritually fired up because of witnessing? Go for it. Second way to stoke the fire is this. Stoke the fire by loving those who least expect it and deserve it. Again, look at verse 6. Fan into flame the gift of God. How? How? God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love. Love. God's given us a spirit of love. And watch this. Stoke the fire by loving those who least expect it and deserve it. You see, this is how Jesus lived his whole life. Everywhere Jesus went, he loved people who least deserved it and didn't even expect it. Even Matthew 5.44, Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This is how Jesus, this is how he lived. Question, what if you really did this? I mean, what if you went to that person? I mean, let me just ask you this question. Who is the person God wants you to go to that would least expect it and least deserve it and love them? Guess what? You go to that person, you know what it's going to do to your life? It's going to like, like throwing logs on a fire. Your spiritual life is going to erupt. If you continue to go through life without loving people who least deserve it or least expect it, guess what? It's it's like spraying water on the fire within. The way you literally stoke the fire is by loving people. They don't deserve it, they don't expect it, and you love them. I just heard the story of a man who forgave another man who least expected it and deserved it, $1 million. Forgave him completely. Do you know what it must have done to both of those men, but the man who gave him that gift? I mean, that that must have kept him going for six months. How exciting to do something like that. What's going to happen to you if you and I... What if we forgive someone They don't deserve our forgiveness. But guess what? Did we deserve the forgiveness that God gave us? What if we reciprocate and start living this way? What it does to our spiritual life is it erupts. You'll be fanning the flame, the gift of God, like never before. Your faith, your gifting, your calling will literally catch on fire through just loving people everywhere, You know, when we came back here in October, there were 10 of us, and some of you were here, went with us to Cuba. And we went there, and the last day of our trip, we decided, you know what? Let's just bless someone. Let's love someone who least expects it and doesn't deserve it. And we're like, who is the guy that would least expect? And so our translator said, well, there's this pastor, and, uh, you know, his name is Nelson. And uh, so I'm like, okay, let's go to Nelson's house. He didn't know we were going to show up. There's 10 Americans in Cuba Showing up at his house. And I'm like, well, tell me a little bit about this guy. Well, he's from jail. He got out of jail, you know, and was saved there. And he kind of came through rehab and all this. I'm like, awesome. I go, so I took a translator with me. And I'm a joker. You know that. And so I walk into this guy's house. He's never seen me before. I walk right into his door. And Nelson and his wife are down there. And through a translator, I'm like, Nelson, I finally found you. I've been looking for you all over Cuba remember me? My name is Marcos. He's like, I go, we were in prison together. You shared the gospel and I came to Jesus. We went through rehab together. I said, your wife is more beautiful than you ever described her. And he's just like looking at me. I mean, I'm totally joking with this guy. And he stands up and he looks at me and he goes, this man is loco. (laughs) And he just walked out of the house. And I'm like, well, he's walking out. Let's follow him. I just met the guy. I don't know who he is. He doesn't know who I am. And so he walks down. And he walks down a path, and our whole team finally at that point caught up with him, and he goes down, and he's living in this. I mean, if you saw, it wasn't even a home. It, it just wasn't even, it was a shack. And we go down, and there's this beautiful church. The foundation is laid. Here's a picture of Nelson. And this is the, the back the foundation, and he begins to tell us a half hour before we showed up, him and his wife we're talking about how they, they're, they're, they're in a shack and all the money they would get, they were using to build this church. And they're like, how are we going to afford the, the money for the roof? It's $200, excuse me, $300. We'll never afford that kind of money. We walk in, we hear the story, give them 300 bucks. They're crying. This guy, and our whole team is seeing this all, and you know what's happening to the faith and the gift and the calling in every one of us? We're absolutely going nuts. We're like on fire going, This is crazy. This guy, Raphael, is is a, a friend. He's not a Christian yet. And he's and I'm like, who are you? And he's like, Well, I'm I'm just a neighbor down the road, and I've been helping build this church. And I go, Do you see what God's doing here? And he's like, It's a miracle. All you guys showing up. And I go, Raphael do you believe? Do you have the faith to believe? And he goes, yes, he gave his heart to Christ right there. I'm just saying there are opportunities everywhere to watch this, be a witness, but also extend love to people that don't deserve it and won't expect it. And you know what it does to your faith? You know what it does to your faith because many of you Give love to people who least expect it and deserve it and what it does to your faith. You are on fire for Jesus. I want you to talk at your table and share about that. Can you share about a time where you were spiritually fired up because of loving someone who least expected it or deserved it? Talk about it. All right. Let's talk about the third piece of kindling. That as we add this kindling to our spiritual lives... It's like stoking the fire within. Are you following? Are you connecting the dots? You see that God has given us witnessing, sharing our faith, and loving others. Watch this. Not just to save them. This is what saves us. Are you following that? God has given us the gospel. He's given us love for others. It not just saves people who are lost. It saves the Christian As you and I engage in sharing our faith, hey, it's scary. It's like getting on a roller coaster. But as you push past that spirit of timidity, that spirit of cowardness, that spirit of fear, and you break through and you say, no, I'm going to engage in this act because God's given me a spirit of power and love. And let the third piece of kindling, self-discipline, Stoke the fire by applying self-discipline to watch this one Holy Spirit revealed area for your life. Again, verse 7, fan the flame, the gift of God, then Tim, Paul says, God, he's not given us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Timothy, you have self-discipline, and guess what? All of us here who are Christians have way more self-discipline than we ever imagined that we have, because guess what? Self-discipline comes from God, and God is eternal. So there's an eternal amount of self-discipline that we have. Now watch this. Exercising self-discipline is like pouring gasoline on the gift of God within. On your faith, on your gift, on your calling. So let me just ask you a question here. Just ask you a question. The Holy Spirit is always speaking to you in your life. I want to ask you a real personal question. What is one area of self-discipline that the Holy Spirit is like knocking on your heart's door saying, enter into this, actually do it because I've given you a spirit of self-discipline. And if you do this, it's like pouring gasoline on the fire within. Spiritually, you will come alive. You say, what do you mean by that, Mark? I could give you, let me give you 15 examples right now. There are a thousand. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. But watch this. There is power within your life to apply an area of self-discipline and the ramifications for this are huge in what it will do to your life spiritually. It's like, again, pouring gasoline on a fire. Some of you have heard about this forever, but you've never done it. Read through the Bible in a year. I'm amazed and how many Christians have never read through the Bible in a year? I'm like, are you kidding? I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I read through the Bible, the, the Old Testament once a year, and the New Testament five times in a year. It's like pouring gasoline on my spiritual life. And I'm just saying, for you, what's the Holy Spirit saying? You have power to do this. It's not that difficult. Um. Memorize. Memorize one scripture a month. Just one a month and see what, it's like pouring gasoline on your spiritual life, on your gift, on your calling. Um, Read the Bible and pray with your spouse daily. I mean, what a privilege for Tracy and I, every morning, other than Sunday morning, to read the Bible and pray together. It's like pouring gasoline on our marriage and our spiritual lives. Some of you have heard that. Why not begin that with your, wife, your husband tomorrow, or a friend. If you have a friend, start doing that. Why not? You have a power, you have power, a spirit of, you have a spirit of self-discipline that the Holy Spirit will absolutely empower your life to engage with in, in multiple areas. Join a gym, literally, and start exercising. Seriously, go for it. You have the power to do that. Get on a plan to get out of debt. It may take you two, three, four years, but every month you make more progress, you are going to be so fired up about that. Become a member of Three Crosses. Come through our Life Transformation Seminar Discipleship. You've heard about it for years. Near 3,000 people have been through it. Why have you not been through it? Why not? It'll, It'll literally fire up your spiritual life. Commit to tithing no matter what. Some of you have started and you stopped. You just commit to it and say, I'm going to tithe 10% of my income to the Lord no matter what. And just see what this will do. You have that self-discipline. Speak only words that edify. What will that do to your life? You have that power. Compliment every person you talk to. Work on smiling more often. Just be a smiler. Fast. Just one day a week. Just one day a week fast. And see what that does to your life. Learn to listen to people more than you talk. Learn to listen. Learn to ask questions of others that will draw them out. Read one great Christian book a month. Whoa. Rather than spending so much time with TV or the internet or whatever. Listen to Christian music daily, daily. Literally adopt one of those pastors, one of those Christian workers, and then pray for them as a family. Just, you know, last week and, or just yesterday, a young man comes to me in the lobby and he's so fired up he's like mark guess what for the first time my wife and i we adopted one of those christian pastors we're praying for him we've got their name up there in you know in our bedroom he's all fired up because this was the thing the holy spirit was calling him to have self-discipline in and he went for it and look at the result in his life turn off your cell phone turn off your computer learn to talk to god and listen to god Serve in Cross Streets. You hear about it all the time. Serve in our seed planters ministry. There are so many things. You know, it's funny. Some of you remember me, uh, <laughs> you know, probably a couple years ago. But many people come to me and go, Mark, how come you lost so much weight, man? are you like sick? This is all I did. I listened to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit said, stop drinking soda and minimize your carbohydrates. And That's all I've done. I lost 25 pounds. And guess what? So it's just a little thing. I'm not trying to put myself up as, man, look at me. I'm pathetic, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying that when you follow what the Holy Spirit asks you to do, it's like pouring gasoline. And it could be a thousand different things that God's calling you to do. But here's the thing. Until you do it, you're not adding a log to your fire. It's just like you're not doing anything. And this is what Paul is saying. You have got to assume personal responsibility, the fan into the flame. You've got to shun fear and indifference and apathy and laziness. And you have literally got to, God has given you a spirit of power for witnessing. He's given you a spirit of love to love people unconditionally and a power of self-discipline to choose an area of Holy Spirit's leading discipline in your life. And you apply it and wow, a fire will absolutely erupt in your life, Timothy. All right. Let's talk about this. Can you share how you became spiritually fired up in your life because you added an area of Holy Spirit-led self-discipline? Talk about that real quick. Okay, let me wrap it up. This is the deal. You have a mentor. His name is the Apostle Paul. You have a mentor that every Christian would love to have. And the Apostle Paul is coming to you through the holy word of God. And, and he's, it's like he's had this moment with you today. And he's given you that second mentoring advice. I mean, he's near his death. And he's pouring out his heart his most important truths to you. And watch this. He's saying to you, fan into flame the gift of God within. Fan into flame that gift Your salvation, your spiritual gift, your calling. Timothy, this is so important. If you're going to do it, it's going to take self-initiation. It's going to take shunning fear. And it's going to take you stoking that fire that's going on in your life right now. It really is. You want to know something? I'll be honest with you. It can be draining being a Christian who neglects this area. Draining. It can be absolutely exciting though when you are on a consistent basis fanning into flame the gift of God by pouring on and into your spiritual life this log, this fuel of sharing Jesus. Scary. But guess what happens? Fires you up. Loving people who don't deserve it fires you up. And following the Holy Spirit, as he just points out to you areas where you can have greater self-discipline, fires you up. That's how the Christian life is to be lived, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you give us amazing advice. And you not only tell us what we should do, you tell us how to do it. How incredible is that? So maybe this morning, you would just, you know, say, Lord, speak to me. I mean, the the game changer challenge at the end of your outlines is this. What if you are one decision away from a totally different life? This is what I want you to think about. And I want you to pray about right now. What are if you are just one decision away right now that God brought you here from a totally different life, and would you just say, Lord, give me the wisdom to hear from you on what this decision is to be. And some of you know what it is, and you should say, God, give me the power to move forward with this. Even this week, every day, Let me learn this advice. Talk to God about that. Lord, there's never enough time. (laughs) There just isn't. I just pray, God, you would just make every moment count, and every moment count from here. Thank you. You love us. You give us your grace, your power, and may you lead us into something that just will flat out one decision away from a totally different life this week. Holy Spirit, have your way. Everyone said?